0: Hi everyone, I'm Elizabeth Stein, founder and CEO of Purely Elizabeth, and this is Live Purely with Elizabeth, featuring candid conversations about how to thrive on your wellness journey. This week's guest is Amanda Chantal Bacon, founder and CEO of Moonjuice, a leader in the global wellness revolution. Amanda was a pioneer in the space, starting Moonjuice in 2011 now with two LA shops and a comprehensive collection of adaptogenic supplements and skincare. I like to think of Amanda as the queen of adaptogens, bring them to market well ahead of the curve with fan favorites like Moon Dust. Amanda has been featured in some publications including the New York Times, Forbes, and Vogue. The Moon Juice Cookbook was also published in 2016 with a follow-up with the Moon Juice Manual in 2021. It was so great to catch up with Amanda as we chat about her path from an autoimmune condition that was transformed from incorporating adaptogens into her life to building the company over the last 10 years. Amanda shares about lessons learned while working in some top LA kitchens. She breaks down the importance of adaptogens and how they help our body deal with stress. As a wellness OG, I love hearing Amanda's tips and favorites when it comes to her daily routine, how she feels her best, how she continues to thrive in her business. Keep listening to learn more. And if you would like to try any Moon Juice products, you can use code purelyelizabeth15 at checkout on moonjuice.com. Enjoy! Meet the first ever granola cookie dough. I'm so excited to announce that we've partnered up with Dough to make a salty sweet granola cookie dough. We took their classic gooey oat base and mixed it with our original ancient grain granola for a salty sweet crunch in every bite. Breakfast meets dessert in this salty, sweet, gooey, crunchy pairing that's just unbelievably addicting. As always, made with only clean ingredients like organic oat flour, organic maple syrup, flaxseed, and cashew butter. It's vegan, gluten free, and enhanced with reishi and ginseng for a little extra mood boost. So head on over to Dough, that is E A T D E U X dot and use code PURELY, PURELY for 20% off on this limited edition collaboration. Enjoy! Amanda, welcome to the podcast. I'm so excited for this conversation. It's taken us a little bit of time to get here, but it's going to be well worth it. And I just have to say, I admire you so much. You are an OG in this space. And both of us, as I was thinking, got into this business. I was 2009. I think you were eight, maybe eight or nine, right around there. But we got in before this was the wellness space that it is today and so i'm excited to pick your brain about your story and your inspiration and all that good stuff
1: i'm so excited to be here i think the last time we saw each other in person must have been eight years ago i revitalized it must be it's wild so wild but here we are
0: Yes. So let's start off with your story. We were just chatting before. I didn't realize that you were from New York City originally. Maybe I did, but I forgot. And how you got inspiration to start Moon Juice so ahead of its time.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think Moon Juice is a glorified survival story. When life gives you lemons, make a lemonade stand, I said. I think I have a story that is not dissimilar to many. And this used to feel like a unique story over a decade ago. And now everybody's waking up to, like, yeah, that's kind of my story too. So maybe I just put the pieces together ahead of the curve, but I don't think it's unique. I have the story of drinking too much pink bubblegum medicine, AKA amoxicillin or antibiotics, for frequent earaches that I had. And, you know, in hindsight, I can really look at that as the trigger that started it all. Um, So having just a disrupted gut, I think about even probably some of the stuff that came up around my birth in the hospital. There's probably some stuff in there. I think about probably mold that was in the house that I grew up in. Um, I can even like go back in my memory and like I smell it. Oh, wow. I I smell it in that basement apartment. So all of the things, you know, we can all be forensic about our childhoods, but, you know, I, I wound up eventually realizing in my early 20s that I had an autoimmune condition. And so I always felt sick, whether it was an earache or chronic sinusitis or anxiety or mood issues or sleeplessness or weight that started fluctuating in ways that didn't make sense to me or hair falling out. I mean, all of these bizarre symptoms culminated into realizing that I had Hashimoto's. And again, this was- before- Oh, so how did you realize that though at the time? Like there
0: weren't that yeah. many people talking about it.
1: No, well, I finally found a doctor that could do the right tests and could help me out there. And this was pre-wellness industry. So, you know, I was working with um, I was a line cook. And so I was I was really, you know, not making much money. And the money that I did make really saving up for a certain supplement or an acupuncture appointment or running another blood panel. So It was really a focus of mine, and finally putting the pieces together, I had something to work with, and I could really start digging into what is autoimmune and not the allopathic version of what autoimmune is, but what are the root causes of it, and partially diet, and in my case, a lot of it was stress, and I think of stress in a few different ways. So I think in the West, we really think of stress as like an emotional response, That's stress. And what I've come to realize is there are so many different types of stress that we don't really clock as stressors for the body. And so I kind of think of stress as anything that is going to throw your body's homeostasis off a little bit. So that is a loud noise can throw you off, um, a temperature change. Blue light, air travel, not enough sleep, something in our food, a lot of the chemicals that are in the air that we can't control—all of those things are stressors. Um, You know, and what I came to understand is, your body has a battery. You know, it's called adaptive energy. So you've got a certain amount of adaptive energy that you use to navigate throughout the day. So, you know, a little bit goes to recalibrating after that loud noise or an indulgent lunch you had, or, you know, whatever it is, you walk into a room and there's mold spores in the air. You've got a favorite lipstick that is not clean. All of those little things. You have a martini at night. You watch too many movies. You don't sleep enough. And certainly in that whole realm of things, emotional stress is part of it too. You get an alarming email, you have an argument with someone in your home, all of those little things factor in. And then, you know, you just really need to think about your energetic reserves, this adaptive energy versus what you encounter in a day. And so, in my case, you know, I really believe that I wasn't aware of any of that. And I had run myself into the ground and my, I had done nothing to help replete that adaptive energy. So really prioritizing sleep, going outside, having sunshine, having just quiet rest time, you know, a lot of it is actually free and we can get it in our daily lives. And then there were other layers that really helped like, you know, altering my diet um, and going on a pretty strict autoimmune protocol. So for me that's really limiting grains and inflammatory foods. And then really the the icing on the cake for me was starting to add adaptogens into my life. And so I'd say the the, the deep the deepest unstressing that happened for me was this combination of, Taking adaptogens daily. And so these are plants and mushrooms that go in. And it's a finite list. Sometimes people, it's like it becomes this subword for superfood, but adaptogen is really there's a finite list of these plants.
0: Um but just I- explain for a second for people who don't know, because I think there is confusion on what an adaptogen is that's just set the foundation.
1: Yeah. Adaptogens are, there's a, there's a list of them and they are plants and there's a formal description that they all fit into this. And I, and I'm not going to tell you the whole thing, but I'll give you the gist of it, which is they are um, non-habit forming. They're non-stimulant. They are bi-directional, which means they can go into a body. And for some people, they will raise the energy up. So my, my stress response is actually to become just like super depleted and exhausted. And like, you know, I need like a spatula to pick me up off the ground. So the plants really help to come in. And part of the unstressing for me is they take you to homeostasis. So they raise me up. And so another person may realize that their stress response is they have trouble sleeping. They feel super anxious and agitated and riled up. And so the same plant at the same dose would go into them and it would help take them down to that homeostasis. So that's bi-directional, it's a TCM term. And so the plants are bi-directional. And essentially what they do is they go in and they do their good work in your body to help you get back to this point of homeostasis. So it's not a stimulant and it's not a depressant which, you know, when I first started taking them was quite novel to me. Yeah, Nobody a- yeah. yeah. And like, and, and what a novel concept it's like, Oh, I'm going to do something that's going to actually bring me back to the center. And that's the point, you know, cause you look at all of the drugs in the West and even historically, you know, it's, alcohol and caffeine. I mean, there's many variations on that, but it's really uppers and downers. That's our game. So these plants really helped me on a biological level. Just go in and I found that that was the first step for me was just finding that biological homeostasis, And from there I could make different choices. So from there I could get deeper into meditation from there, I could realize that working out like a freak three to five times a week maybe wasn't helping me. I could sleep and put work down. I could make healthier relationship choices that, that in turn, you know, helped to put me on a different path. So that, that was kind of like one of the major unlocks for me for those plants. So were you living in New York or you were living in California at this point? I was living in California. I was living in California. I left New York when I was 18. And I lived in Italy for a while. And I lived in Argentina for about four years. And I wound up in Los Angeles. Um, and I wound up there to work with a chef. Her name is Suzanne Gowen. And oh. Yeah. She had worked with Alice Waters, and so she was really coming from that camp that I was so fascinated with. And she had just won a James Beard award. There were an email. And she responded immediately. At this point, I was in culinary school in Vermont in the Green Mountains. He responded and I got a one-way ticket to LA. It didn't have a driver's license. I'd always lived in cities. Right. Uh, So I got a bicycle and I lived in a garage in West Hollywood, really close to Luke where I worked. And I rode my bike to that kitchen every day. And that was my life. I mean, I didn't have much else going on. And it was an incredible, you know, it was an incredible mentorship.
0: Wow. That must have been amazing. What were some of the you know, biggest lessons that you learned, I guess, like personally, but then also that you then took in
1: to starting your business from that? So, you know, I feel like the biggest lessons that came out of that kitchen and like, yes, I know how to perfectly season a tomato. No, I like really. And was that the first kitchen that you worked in? Um, no, I had worked in other kitchens, but she was like, you know, the, the, oh, the chef that I really wanted to like devote my life to for the period of time I was there. So like, I, you know, I can make you a mean salad. That was a wonderful lesson. But what I really do carry with me today that came from her and came from being in, you know, a high pressure, fine dining kitchen is organization and tiny nutrients. And those skills are so beaten into me. And it's taken years to really let go of them. And now now I'm all over the place. <laughs> um, but, you know, for years after even working in a kitchen, I was so aware of, you know, even brushing my teeth. Or, like, I'd be in the shower and I'd be noticing that, um, you know, because, when you're working in this kitchen and you've got to do incredible things in a matter of seven minutes you've got a plate you know like 10 dishes and they have all got to be perfect and you've got three things in the oven and seven things on the stove and like there's no time to screw up you are so hyper aware of every pivot that you even make because moving unnecessarily reaching for something twice moving your feet Three times too many is a waste of time and holds everybody up. So my husband's a musician and I realize now how, you know, high intensity, fine dining, fast kitchens really do have this musical element to them where everybody's got to play in tune, really have to be aware of every move you make. And we did all the, I mean, we did most of the prep ourselves before service so even that it's like you can look at five hours as a long time or like me I would walk in the door and be like shit I'm late I'm behind you know the minute I walked in the door um, and just being hyper aware and so yeah it doesn't it doesn't leave you that type of training So I think, you know, when I think about a business now, when I think about even like getting kids lunches together into school, if I need to, I can snap back into hyper-efficiency mode. Um, It was so helpful.
0: So I'm so curious to hear like what other kind of organizational or time management
1: tips that you have. Okay, well, let me put that in perspective and say that 13, 14 years later, whatever it's been, I'm late everywhere I go. (laughs) So um, I'm scared of don't seem to be using them. Uh, Every morning in my house is a shit show trying to get like breakfast together and lunches together and socks on and people out of the house. So I could be using those skills a little bit more, but I do think there's a certain vigilance in organization that I think is innate to any entrepreneur. Yeah. In anybody running a business. And so I think that that type of training really played into that part of me. And it was boot camp. Boot camp for organization and vigilance.
0: When you were working in the kitchen there, what were you aspiring your future to be? Were you wanting I to open in this- a restaurant? Like, how, obviously, Mounder's, I'm sure, was not. Or maybe we, it was. Not all you your, vision. No.
1: Moon Juice was not on the horizon. I would say that when I was in the kitchen, certainly when I was working for Suzanne and, you know, I've had the opportunity to work with some other incredible chefs. I think it was so in the moment. And there's something that's so nice about that being in the presence of someone that you just want to learn so much from. Just soak up for every move like a sponge. So I have to say that I was so in love with the produce and with learning about you know I, this kind of like anthropological take on food and getting into other cultures and really diving into their their peasant foods, their traditional foods it was so fascinating to me that it. Maybe one of the few periods in life where I wasn't thinking in the future and planning and I just was really present to to what was there, which was nice. Yeah, it's amazing. Just I think like
0: there's very few people who can who can say that and, and have had that experience. Yeah,
1: you know, it was really nice and all the food prep is so meditative in nature for me at least you know I realized that there was incredible healing that happened to me one because of the incredible food that you know I was we were going and going to the farmer's market and getting and like it had the dirt all over it and so that was a huge lifestyle change for me to only be eating things that were coming straight off of an organic farm and then the, you know, what sounds maybe like monotonous and boring to many people, this thought of like, oh, you're just chopping. Correct. Meditative. It was so meditative to me to just be in silence and chopping and slicing. And um, I just realized I was in flow state for so many hours of the day and exercising. I mean, you're in a hot kitchen sweating, you're lifting heavy things. You're also in community. You're working on a team with people. There were so many elements of that, especially the sweating part. I realized like, oh, I'm not really a sweater, but that was probably an incredible detox every day. day. The amount mm-hmm. of olive oil I consumed mm-hmm. is, a, is mm-hmm. a beautiful part of life. And mm-hmm. that also included daily coffee drinking, daily wine drinking, my circadian... Rhythm was really messed up because I was working into the middle of the night and then trying to sleep, you know, to like eleven a.m., twelve, and then going straight to work. So I actually think that maybe those were some of the, and it's a high stress environment. Sure, I think that maybe some of those things may have contributed to an autoimmune flare. That's when it really, at a certain point, I realized. I have to figure out what's going on with my health.
0: So after you've discovered adaptogens and started feeling better, you start Moon Juice. And it was, again, so ahead of its time. I mean, adaptogens weren't mainstream by any sense. And they're still not mainstream, but you've brought that conversation <laughs> they're there. They're
1: in I, There's Yeah. I mean, there's, you know, there's all different sourcing, dosing, the forms that they're in, that's a huge part of it is you get what you pay for with quality, but you can roll into Target and find yourself some ashwagandha these days.
0: Actually, I was just having a conversation with someone that Walmart had a commercial for ashwagandha, like gummy on like national TV. We're like, oh my God. (laughs)
1: What gummy was this? I didn't. See it. It.
0: Somebody told me about it, and they were like, "We're in the wrong business." <laughs> was the gist of how we were talking about it, um, and that we were ahead of our time because we had an ashwagandha granola that we discontinued because nobody cared about six years ago.
1: We got it. It might be time to, to bring it back.
0: Totally. So when you started Moon Juice, it initially started as a location right?
1: Yeah. So moonjuice we started as one small location in Venice, and this was a really different Venice than it is now. There was no cafe gratitude. The tech world had not moved in. You know, Erewhon was like a decade away from moving in. It was really more of like a smaller beach community. Like- artists. And I knew a lot of people, everybody rode their bike around. There There was, it was a very, very different community. Again, pre-wellness industry.
0: So you were ahead of your time, obviously, from a product perspective, from a location perspective too, it sounds like. And I'm curious, like what inside of you and, and now just hearing you say, you know, being in the flow in the kitchen that you felt so amazing and is that part of what you think or what was it that propelled you to actually
1: launch this business at the time? I mean, it felt really risky. felt like a huge gamble on paper. There were many aspects to it that didn't make sense. Did you have a business plan? Yeah, so I was, I was putting a business plan together and that's, and that was like some of the risky part is, you know, really beginning to look at how expensive organic vegetables are to make green juice. Um, you know, how expensive maca is and organic almonds and labor and um, you know, it's like you put it together and you start to realize what you're going to have to charge or an adaptogenic smoothie. For a hundred percent organic, you know, cold pressed juice that's made every morning. So that was scary. The concept was scary. I I knew that I had changed my life, and it felt easy. And I felt like I wanted to share that with people. Um, so there was that passion, that type of conviction that had me doing it. But on paper, you know, I hear from so many rose now. It's really like, <clears throat> I'll also just say, I don't, I never went to university or rather I've been to many different types of like, I enjoy science. So I did several years of university level biology and science just for fun. I never scrapped it all together and got a degree, but I, the way I hear people talk about their businesses or they identify white space they put the right team together. They get investors that can help them. They've got a board. I mean, I am like just starting to scrap a board together after a decade. That,
0: until last year.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I mean, wow, sounds so smart. Jeez, should I have done that? Probably. Um, but, you know, this has been a really different journey. It, it didn't make a lot of sense on paper. It didn't make sense that I had just spent years of my life dedicating to learning the craft of California cuisine under chefs and I was like you know that had no part in what I was doing. it just didn't make sense to anyone myself included but there was that passion in me that said you know what I just want to do it I just want to try and I think that really came from feeling awful And physically, emotionally, um, just feeling like there was something wrong with me and spending most of my life feeling like that to doing pretty simple is um, a relative term for me, pretty simple things, you know, that I could keep up with daily and I was living a very different experience. And so you know that that drove me to dive into something that didn't necessarily make sense. The world wasn't there. The market wasn't there. The market is we could argue just arriving. You know, but I was passionate. I wanted to do it. It's always an interesting thing. And like, I'll ask you this question: But if you had known, right? startup mode for 20 years, would you do it all over again?
0: I mean, if you, I think if you had known, I always say that, like, I was so naive, I knew nothing about the industry, et cetera, et cetera. And I think if you knew all those details, you would run the other way. So being naive is, I always think one of the best things in starting a business. And I think it's that passion that has to be there in the beginning to get over the fear of launching something that seems like crazy, but then also to be able to stick with you 10 years or however many years it's now been later, because it doesn't get easier. It's filled with so many ups and downs and amazing moments, but so many amazing challenging moments that it's it has to be lighting you up right. or or
1: not and then it's like time to get out of it. Yeah I think it's like marriage partnership parenting yeah that that is my number one when I hear from people and they feel like they should start a company but they don't necessarily have an idea they're passionate about, they just want to be an entrepreneur. That's when I feel like, you know, I don't know how long it's been, seven, eight, nine, I have no track of time anymore, but it seems like there was this period of time where entrepreneurship was fetishized, especially for women. I don't think that does a great service. I don't think it's easy. I don't think it is as rewarding as people have made it out to look and be. There are so many challenges that got glossed over the period of Girl girlboss. And, you know, I think a lot of young women in particular saw beautiful, successful starlets, you know, skyrocket to unicorn status and it felt like something that all young women needed to do. And so I really feel like reserve entrepreneurship for something that you feel like if you can't do it, you can't. like okay. that feeling that should be there. Cause truly, as you're saying 10, 20 years in, whatever it's gonna be, like you are just chopping wood and carrying water every day. And there's not a lot of glamour and glory going on, you know? And I think it's, I think it's like marriage. There are low, there are scary low lows. And if you do not feel primally attached or that you're living in purpose by doing this, there's really no reason to keep going. I
0: think especially too, as a solo founder.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: I mean, I'm sure... Having co-founder, you know, has their own many, many challenges that I am thankful of being solo, but it is a lonely journey in that sense of needing that fire every day.
1: Yeah, it is. I and mean, even when you have an incredible team, I'll give you a new example. I was having a petite nightmare at dawn this morning that multiple people from my current team had decided that they were quitting from junior roles that I desperately rely on to very senior roles that I desperately rely on. And it was this awful dream where they were leaving and they were so happy and we were all celebrating. And I was just panicking. So, yeah, you know, you really are. There is the feeling that everybody does leave you at some point. And that's a wonderful thing. You know, especially for non-executives that are maybe on a ride to get you to some point that you've set a goal. It's completely healthy for people to come into marketing and creative and and flow through. And of course, they're going to leave you in a couple of years. But yeah, it's it's hard when you are just the one person there, and it's really sad. it, it is. There have been times where I'm deeply heartbroken by some people leaving, and of course, happy for them to move on with their life, but deeply heartbroken.
0: I just, we actually, our VP of Ops just left last week after just about eight years, and all week, I was like hysterical, crying. Every time I read this speech that I put together, I I was unstoppable, and I couldn't believe how sad it was but at of course at the same time like super happy for his next chapter and being okay of of letting go and
1: being excited for that yeah no it's it's like having it's like having an ex yeah yeah oh, it's like it's like a weird form of, of so an yeah. ex yeah
0: so i'm curious for you what obviously you have this passion and drive but there's obviously days that it's super hard and you're like, why am I still doing this, right? But I'm sure that thought comes across your mind. Uh, so I'm curious to hear what you do personally to feel energized and still stay inspired and all of that good stuff. And maybe it's just your daily rituals that make you feel that way.
1: Yeah, I think there's two layers. One... I feel like I'm in a particular like odd part of growth right now where I'm no longer a small kind of small little company runoff of adrenaline. And so that's a, that's a really different thing. You know, when I had storefronts and was 100% owner and putting out fires all the time. There is like a hands-on adrenaline thing that kind of keeps me going. Now we are this very professional organization. I'm still majority um, and CEO, but we've got other partners at the table. And, you know, like I said, we're building out Really like incredible people to help us really look at growth and, and what we're doing. The team that we have is beyond what I ever could have dreamed of. There's not the same adrenaline. You know, we've really moved out of what I think I'm good at, just being around people and like problem solving on the fly. So my job and my life have changed a lot. And I don't know that this is necessarily a job I ever would have selected for myself. So, so one of the things that I struggle with is that I am on Zoom all the time. I don't think that I, I fit the bill for like, corp- I mean, look, my juice isn't that corporate, but I, I never would have selected this for yeah. myself. So, you know, I don't think that I'm the best team leader. I hire for that. I love connecting with people. I love my team, but I just don't have that camp counselor in me. So I definitely hire for that. Um, we, we have some of those. It's interesting. It's not the most exciting flow for me. And it's also, we're not at that stage yet where the team is, the business is so robust the team is so robust. We're global. And I'm the founder that can really step back and be more hands-off and North Star and make sure that the integrity is there. But basically, everybody knows what they're doing. Right. Still challenge. Lots of challenges. I'm sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Still in it. I'm still writing copy every day for email. Write just- copy? You. Oh, my God. That's amazing. Yeah. I would say that this is actually probably the most challenging phase for me, this this middle point, then the things that I do to stay inspired is number one, I really take care of my health from a biological standpoint. That's huge for me. It means that I don't get wild PMS, it means that as I'm, you know, nearing perimenopause, there aren't going to be like wild energy. Hope, hopefully we'll see wild energy swings and mood swings. Um, it means that, you know, my stress levels stay pretty even keeled. I'm human and still turn around a business. So there is that, but I would say I'm way less reactive at this point than I've been at other points in life. And so for me, that means sleeping. It means taking- How many hours
0: a night do you sleep?
1: I really try to go for the eight. I really try to go for the eight. I feel like, you know, I had COVID in January and then I had long COVID and I'm just coming out of long COVID. And that long COVID experience seemed to really hit my brain. It felt like I had a brain injury. I had some friends with- you know, like heavy duty brain injuries that have required brain surgery. And I feel like the long COVID was some, like I had some level of that in my brain, the, the brain fog is, you know, like doesn't really do it. It was, I could not remember names. It was challenging, you know, to work because mid-sentence, I didn't know what I was talking about. I mean, it was like, it was, it was pretty wild. Um, And the exhaustion felt like mitochondria stuff. Um, There was definitely some pretty wild neuroinflammation. So I think that one of the things that really helped me heal from that was I was doing hyperbaric oxygen therapy and that really cooled down the neuroinflammation and it was tough because I'm already living this anti-inflammatory lifestyle just with the autoimmune. So it was like, what else do you more food they can avoid? There's there's nothing more I can do. But the hyperbaric really took the neuroinflammation down. And then I started sleeping. I mean, there was a stretch of about a week in the last month where I was sleeping like 11 hours a night. Wow. Yeah, And that was the thing which healed my brain. I'm out of long COVID now after that. That's incredible. I think yeah. the
0: hyperbaric is also supposed to help with sleep. And so it's probably went hand in hand
1: with that. I wasn't doing them at the same time. I was doing hyperbaric and then I was, you know, like working a lot to just keep up with everything. So I did that and then I was feeling much better, but like the brain stuff was still there, but I was chugging by. And then I took my first vacation you know, in a very, very, very long time. We took a road trip and went to Mendocino and there was something about just being in nature and we didn't use any lights after sundown. And so I was cooking by candlelight. We were in a cabin and I was sleeping 11 hours. So it was my I was child, thank God. Um, and I really feel like that's what healed my brain. Oh. So that was a tangent, but I don't know, maybe that's this so good goes... I'm so glad you're
0: feeling better because that sounds like that must have been awful and it so difficult. Different. It was scary. It, yeah, I mean, halfway through a sentence to forget what you're saying, that has to be pretty scary.
1: It was really scary, yeah. And I know that, you know, statistically, it seems like 30% of Americans are experiencing long covid Wow, and I hadn't uh, heard that was so high. That's incredible. Yeah, that was in the New York Times through that stat out there when I was in it late spring. So it's definitely an epidemic that's just affecting brain and mood and energy. So any other things that you do to stay inspired? Yeah, yeah sorry. Wild oh. tangent. I just went on wonder. Um, so sleep is incredibly important. You know, there's like two handfuls of supplements that I take every day. Obviously, I'm still on the daily adaptogen train. I'll give you like the nutshell desert island picks of what I need to do to, and I've done for so many years. And like, um, what should everyone
0: who hasn't tried moon juice, what they should be having two of yours?
1: Well, okay. So if you want to whittle it down to one, two super you, it's four adaptogens in potent doses. We're really meticulous about sourcing. So not all adaptogens are created equal. And this formula really does with the four. It hits different parts of your body. There's a bit of a time release effect with the four adaptogens. There's some stuff in there for your brain in particular. What are the four? Rudiola, which I like to think of as the brain root. Obviously it's great for stress and it's great for energy. Some people find it to be really energizing, but it's incredible for your brain. Shatavari, which is my favorite. I love this herb. She's like, an, a, it's another succulent root. And Shatavari has been used in Ayurveda and it translates to... um. And this is just not, I'm sure this translation does not hold up to our current walk times. But the translation is she who has thousand husbands. And so Shantavari is, it's a bit of an aphrodisiac, but, you know, and I guess that's what that translation relates to. But it goes in. And it really helps a woman, and it's for men too. So I'll give you what it does for men. But for a woman, it helps you from puberty all the way into menopause, which I just think is so incredible that it's this herb that works with you throughout your life phases. So it helps with PMS, it helps with stress, it then helps with fertility, it helps postpartum to actually bring in the milk, and it helps tremendously with perimenopause. Wow. And menopause those hormonal shifts. Um, And for men, I was in India with an Ayurvedic doctor and we were walking around his clinic and he was growing Shatavari there. And it was so great to see it in the ground. And I was asking him, you know, what it did for men and and what do I need to know? And he was sort of giggling and he pointed down to the earth. And um, Shatavari is the root of an asparagus-like plant. And so here was a little asparagus erect (laughs) (laughs) pointing up out of the ground. And so that's how it can be helpful for men. Amla, which is traditionally used for, again, it's an adaptogen. So all of them are helping with adaptive energy and with stress, but Amla is incredible for his skin. Mm -hmm. Um, It's also used for hair in Ayurveda. And then western medicine you know with the clinicals they've run they found incredible findings for cardiovascular health and then obviously ashwagandha or house or our new household herb ashwagandha i love it
0: oh, i love
1: that so super you would be if you're just going to do one thing start with that go do super you because there i don't think i've met anyone that doesn't think they have some kind of stress in their life. Even if it's, you know, you're not having the emotional manifestation of stress. We just, we do know environmentally we are around artificial light. There's chemicals in the air. All of that takes a toll on your body And there's two reactions that people have to super you. It's always interesting to find out where people are on the scale. You have some people that say after a few days of taking it, oh, my God, this took me off the ledge. I'm yelling at my kids less. I'm not screaming at people on the road. Or they've had some really severe shift. And then I think the, you know, the response that most healthy people will have is they take it and they take it daily for the month and they go, hmm, I don't know if it was doing anything. And then they stop taking it and they feel that edginess come back. And that's when they realize, oh yeah, no, it was doing something. Um, so that would be number one. And then if you want to do the next level The three things that are non-negotiable for me is I do Super U, which is your daily adaptogen. I also do a B vitamin complex with a methylated B and there's some ginseng in there for a bit of a buzz. That's called Ting. It's a drink mix. Um, But for me, having a really good methylated B12 daily was a huge part, of just mood stuff for me. And so I used to do vitamin injections monthly. Mm-hmm. And so this is an alternative. I no longer do the B12 injections. Mm-hmm. I actually would inject myself at home Wow! and had a really freakish, like I was putting it in my arm and had a gross, bloody, scary experience. So <laughs> like a I not another way <laughs> So I do that. That's major for serotonin production for me. That's really like I go from kind of like a gray blah to getting my methylated B12 levels up and feeling like, ah, the color comes back. And then at night, every night I do three types of magnesium and L-theanine in a mix that, you know, we call magnesium. So you could do those three things and you do them daily and like, for mood and stress and sleep and energy these are major things. So I do that. And then, you know, and then I'd have to say at this stage, the thing that always brings me back in the game is typically getting on, getting on Zoom or having a day with my team. You know, you can, you probably feel like this too, where you're like, I'm tired. I don't want to do it. I just want to, I just want to have a normal life. I just want to see friends. I just want to be outside. And then I see my team and they're so great. And there they are. And I'm like 110% jazz to be with them.
0: I feel that same way, especially days that I work from home because we do hybrid and then go into the office. And it's like so energizing well, being around everybody and it's great. All right. Well, we're going to move to some rapid fire Q&A. Close it out. The best advice you've gotten in the past six
1: months. Some people told me to take a vacation and I was so resistant and I took a vacation. And yes, take a vacation.
0: I like that. Good advice. A favorite book podcast, or a mentor for growth?
1: Here's two. Okay. I just saw Patty Smith. I went and saw her at a very small concert at Ghost Ranch, where Georgia O'Keeffe lived out in New Mexico. And... She's 75. She was rocking out so hard on stage. Fully gray. Fully in her power. Just, I have to say, I have not been moved like that and inspired. Um, What a treasure she is. And so Patty Smith, that type of passion and energy to move people and she's cursing and she's spitting and as a woman i needed to see a cursing spitting 75 year old killing it
0: that's awesome three things that you're currently loving any sort of a product or tv show etc
1: i'm loving olive oil do you have oh, a favorite thing. brand? I have a I have a few that I'm loving. A friend of mine makes huge tins that in collaboration with people in Sicily, where her husband's from, they make giant tins of olive oil. It's called Baroncini Imports. Love that because it comes from where her husband. Yes. Grew up but also, just give me the giant tin that I don't. F- I mean, these little bottles of olive oil, too gone in a day. Yeah. So, you know, giant jug of baroncini olive oil, Ilium <laughs> mascara. I love it.
0: I love that mascara, too.
1: I love it. I don't wear makeup, but it's like if I want to pull it together and feel professional, I just throw on some ilium mascara. And you know the third I've got. A, there is an incredible thing that I just started using that I love. Why can't I remember it? I'm going to make it easy, and I'm just going to say Clear Light solo. That's been a game changer for my limp. And How actually, you go in it. So when I first got it, I was going in it um, four times a week because I read this study on being health and I've got Alzheimer's and dementia that runs in my family. So I'm really trying to get brain health acting now and um, not go down that road. So there was something I read about the difference between using an infrared sauna three times a week versus four times a week. And it, you know, there was like some exponential pickup it times. The other little hack that I've been doing is I keep the temperature at 140. If you go higher than 140, 141, you start to produce a water sweat, which is what it sounds like. It's like water that's coming coming out of you. Um, if you'd have that lower temp. 138 to 140 produce a fat sweat, which is what it sounds like. It's a low enough temp that you're actually rendering your own fat and excreting it. And for me, I'm looking for the detox. And so that's where you start to sweat out the heavy metals, the stuff you get. Yeah. So I'm going to say olive oil mascara and I use the question I always get about the sauna is which one do I use and I use the clear light I think they're all quite similar but I went with the clear light because they have the lowest emf
0: and how many minutes do you go in those during those four days
1: I just go in and I break a sweat, so and, then I, sweat mom, and then I you're out uh-huh. And so it's an interesting thing with the sauna. If you guys are new to it, it takes time for your body. For me, especially because I just, I'm not a sweater, um, which is not a healthy thing. Actually, you want to be able to sweat easily. So it took a while to train my body. And so I'd have to sit in there for about 40 minutes. The nice thing is you can hook up your phone to a speaker. So I actually could take meetings while I was in there. But I've gotten it down to I can now really break a sweat and be done in 30 minutes. Well, it's great.
0: Mm-hmm. Favorite words to live by?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Favorite moon juice
1: moment. Favorite moon juice moment was I had a psychic who told me. She, and she was great she spot on about a lot of things. And this was years ago. And she told me, you have a soulmate. You have a life partner. And, and he's tall. And he plays an instrument, maybe guitar. And he surfs. And he's got dark hair, long, dark hair. And you're gonna meet him at Moon Juice, Moon Juice, at Moon Juice somehow. Like, um, I don't think it's a guitar playing surfer that's like coming in for a juice. Like, I don't know. I just don't see it for myself. And sure enough, years later, I you know I got together with my husband. And um, now he's gray, but he did have long dark hair. He surfs. He's a musician. We met through Moon Juice. Wow, where's this psychic right now? I know where is she now? I, I can think to she- her oh. number. <laughs> her name is Amy. I don't even know Amy's last name. She's somewhere in California and I've never even seen her. I just call her on the phone. I will share her number with you. All
0: right. That's amazing.
1: And lastly, what's your number one
0: non-negotiable to thrive on your wellness journey?
1: Clearing out trauma from your body, that is not an easy one. And that really became... I mean, gosh, sleep is up there too. But you can take all the supplements in the world. You can have a perfect diet. You can be biohacking. You can be in your sauna. Every, you can do all the stuff. And if you have deep and resolved trauma in yourselves, you're not going to feel good and you're not going to get better. And you're going to be wondering why you feel sick and terrible all the time. Famously, if you don't sleep, you can have all the wellness practices in the world, and they just won't work. So, no. it's not easy, but it's also not impossible. So, no. there are so many different ways to start to dig in. Whether that is meditation. And, uh, the subconscious start to open up and and unstress on its own and really having that daily rigorous practice. I think a lot of it starts to come to the surface and unwind. It could be, you know, people have had incredible results with EMDR. There's so many great modalities that are coming out that are not talk therapy. For some people, I think talk therapy really works. For myself, you know, I did years and years and years of talk therapy, and it didn't get into that more somatic experience of just releasing trauma. So, um, not easy.
0: So in closing, what's next for you?
1: What's next for Moojuice? Oh, I mean, we have something new that is launching next week. It's skincare. It is three and a half years in the making. Oh my God. So exciting. I'm really excited for that. I love your skincare products, by the way. Thank you. I'll I'll send you, I'll send you this thing that, that comes out next week. So very excited about that. I'm in the process of formulating two ingestibles that will come out in probably 23, 24. That's exciting. And then, you know, we're always working on our education models. Just how do we bring more education to people? I really feel like, yes, we sell products at Moon Juice, but the vision was also to always be home education so that you never have to buy anything from us you can hop along for the ride whether that's through um, I'm still in there writing emails so whether that's through receiving our emails where you know you can do a little deep dive there or finding us on social or picking up one of the two books I write you know I think That's a huge part of healing and wellness is education. When you really understand how and why things work, you're way more motivated to make those changes. So more education. And then, you know, we won't be putting out a lot, but the things that we do, we will be putting out over the next few years, three years in the making and really excited about them. And that's why they're so great and special. (laughs) Thank you. Well,
0: Amanda, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. This was so great to connect, to see you, and just wishing you all the best. And where can everybody find you and the brand?
1: We are with everybody, I guess, on social media. Um, You can find me at – I've got two names. One is Amanda Chantal Bacon. You can find me there. My name is also Amanda Rogoff. so they are one and the same, and then you can find Moon Juice at Moon Juice, um, and there's a lot of fun and education there. Yeah, and our emails Hawaii are Venice. and and Venice, yes, and Venice and Silver Lake, and um, I put out a book this year. So if you are feeling inspired by adaptogens and just getting into what stress is. And how does it affect you biologically? We put a book out that's pretty fun. And there are some doctor voices in there and there are some recipes in there.
0: Amazing. Thank you so much, Amanda. you. Thanks so much for joining me on Live Purely with Elizabeth. I hope you feel inspired to thrive on your wellness journey. If you enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to rate, subscribe, and review. You can follow us on Instagram at purely underscore Elizabeth to catch up on all the latest. See you next Wednesday on the podcast.